In this episode of Octal FM, we look back at Sefren's most recent trip to Japan, where he visited Fukuoka and had a chance to meet up with previous Octal FM co host Tom, who last joined us back in episode 61 to discuss Pokemon trading cards. Note that this episode was pre recorded on the 9th of December 2019, prior to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic at the time of release. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefren. And、uh, we're continuing our sort of Octal FM travel logs. We should probably have a proper, like, branded name for them. Yeah, it would make sense, actually, wouldn't it? Because we've done quite a few of these now.、Hmm. But yeah, but、uh, you have just been back to Japan.、Mm-hmm. This time, the premise of the trip was, I guess, a little bit different in that you. Or, like, the structure of the trip was a little bit different、mm, because、yes. you had the opportunity to stay with someone rather than having to sort out your own accommodation.、Mm-hmm. And so that sort of dictated the trip in the sense that it, it was a, a little bit of a budget trip. So you had a horrendous journey. Yes.、Um, and it also meant that you were staying somewhere perhaps that you didn't, you wouldn't normally well, necessarily go. Yeah, absolutely. That was a massive bonus of it.、Um, yeah. So, and how long, how long were you gone for? Was it a week? Uh, it was eight days in country,、okay. so se- like seven nights slept in the actual country itself.、Mm. But in terms of the actual travel times, it's probably close to nine days、um, yes. because of all the travel times itself. Ugh, horrible. But yeah, so, so where did you go? Where in Japan did you go? And you'll have to describe it. So I ended up visiting an area of Japan called Fukuoka primarily. Um, mm-hmm. Which is in the southern island of Kyushu. And Fukuoka is the, both the main capital city of that island. Uh, and it's also the biggest city on the island as well. And it's also like a region of the area as well. So, like, just to confuse things, it's both a region and a city. Great.、Um, <laughs> and the reason for that was because、uh, some of our friends, like, for example, Tom, who's been on the podcast before,、uh, he effectively lives out there now.、Um, he kind of jumps in between、uh, living back here in the UK and living there as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, and also having some other friends out there as well. Meant that I had the opportunity to go and visit them and stay for free. So I didn't pay for accommodation, which was really good. It was just an area of the country that I'd never visited before, as well. Like, I'd, I've always stayed in what's kind of known as the Golden Route, as it were, like the、um, Kyoto, Osaka, Tokyo sort of area.、Mm. Um, and that's fine, like, as a first timer, second timer, et cetera. But this time it was. It was less of a holiday, more of a trip. I don't know if that's、mm. a bit, if you can understand the difference there, really. But、yeah. it was very much done on a, on a budget.、Mm. So、yeah. I'd been keeping an eye on like, flights for quite a long time,、um, using all the different tools and apps you can do on, online to try and find good flights. And I managed to get some from、uh, Birmingham Airport,、uh, which is sort of in the center of the UK, if you're not familiar with Birmingham, to Fukuoka via Paris and Seoul in South Korea. Hmm. For only £404 return, which is like a super good deal. That's like half the price of our tickets when we go in March. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I mean, that's a, that's a good reason to go anyway. Like, simply just having those cheap flights is a really good reason to go. And then、hmm. everything else kind of came together quite nicely to mean that, like, I'd be silly not to take this opportunity to go. 
Mm. Um, just looking on a map, like you're really close to South Korea as well. Like relatively mm-hmm. speaking, com- especially compared to when you're in Tokyo, for example, like you really, you know, you're, you're not far away. Like you're, you're well on your way to China. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're pretty close to South Korea. Well, the, that was always the thing, actually. Fukuoka has always had quite a close relationship with, with South mm. Korea as a whole, uh, especially the city of Busan, because they're like 50 miles apart by the sea. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And one of the killers of it and the, the journey itself was sort of probably the biggest negative aspect of the trip, especially the journey mm. there, is uh, I left my house at 2.30 a.m. on Monday morning um, after only managing to sleep for about three hours because I went to sleep at about like six o'clock in the evening on Sunday. But I wasn't overly tired because I'd only been up like 10 hours. Mm. So I didn't sleep very long. And then I ended up just kind of bumbling about. I've actually played some Death Stranding for a few hours before I left. <laughs> and then I, as I left, I set uh, a, a stopwatch. Uh, as I closed the door, before I got in the car, because I was going to drive to the airport, I set a stopwatch going on my phone and just to see how long it would take me. Mm-hmm. And then I drove to Birmingham Airport, uh, which took about two and a half hours. Uh, I charged the car on the way because I didn't want to have it like be very low charge when it got back into the country sort mm-hmm. of thing. I wanted to make sure it had some charge in it. Uh, I got it for free, which was really nice. The... The vending, the, the the machine was on free vend, which was great. Got to the airport. The airport car parking was really reasonable as well. Like I, I parked the car for what eight nights, I think it would have been like overall, and mm. it only cost me twenty seven quid. Wow, which is really is reasonable. Um, you know, we consider the fact that I drove to Birmingham um, instead of Manchester because it was cheaper to fly from Birmingham for whatever reason, even though the rest of the flights were exactly the same. But like a hundred quid, it was cheaper for whatever reason. But then it would have cost me more to get like a train or a something to manchester from where i live than it would have been to park the car in birmingham so Hmm. like it just kind of worked out really well in that month so then went from birmingham to paris which was fine uh very much a standard kind of one hour flight you can just imagine any european flight had to wait around in paris for about two hours which wasn't too bad um just sat down played some switch for a bit uh got on the flight and this is when things got a little bit like dicey unfortunately because i thought trying to be clever that i would I, I reserved slash booked a, like a window seat when I checked in. I didn't pay for the check. Um, <laughs> and I thought, I'll have a window seat because that way I can sleep on the flight. I'll put my head against the bulkhead. No one's going to want to get past me so I can just sleep. But that was the biggest mistake I think I've made in my entire traveling history. Because <laughs> I, I can't sleep at the best of times on, on moving vehicles anyway. And then this flight was just such an old flight. It felt like I felt like a really old plane. So mm. everything was really narrow and really uncomfortable. The bulkhead was like really weirdly protruding into my seat area. So like oh, no. I couldn't even like lean into the window. Like I was basically sat upright because of the window area. So I couldn't relax very well. I didn't sleep in the slightest. I maybe had like half an hour's like napping slash unconsciousness sort of oh, thing. And God. that's it which was awful. And then because I was in the window seat, like getting out was really awkward. So I didn't even stand up for the whole flight. Like I just stayed in my seat the whole time. Ugh. So you can imagine how uncomfortable I was when I finally stood up. So the flight was pretty awful and the food was rubbish. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> so I got to, I got to Seoul airport after uh, like a t- it's a 10 and a half hour flight from Paris to Seoul and the Seoul airport. I can't sing its praises enough. It was wonderful. Like mm. I was really expecting the worst, honestly, because like, I don't know, I just wasn't expecting much from the airport. And I was there for five hours. It was a long layover. 
between my flight which is so frustrating because like it was an hour's flight from Seoul to Fukuoka so I've just done like this huge long leg of the journey and now I've got to wait around for five hours to do one more hour you know mm. it's like oh this is so frustrating but Seoul Airport was wonderful the thing, thing that made it so so enjoyable was the fact that there were completely free showers to use like they weren't locked oh, behind nice. a lounge system or anything they were just open to use by the public whoever wanted to use them and they weren't even just like bath you know they don't even just like in a shower room or something or in like a uh, locker room or whatever they were individual like bathrooms like full-size bathrooms with toilets and sinks and toiletries and towels and everything to use completely for free so after that awful flight that made a big difference like that really helped like make me feel Mm. quite a lot better as you can imagine uh gave me a chance to change my clothes as well because i had a bit of a nosebleed on the flight uh because i'm quite prone to nosebleeds my t-shirt was covered in blood so i imagine the guy in the security desk in oh my god you must have looked terrible (laughs) yeah i didn't look great because obviously i felt like awful probably looked bad i had blood on my t-shirt they were like what is going on here um so that made me feel a lot better as you can imagine and then after that i also had a nap in the nap zone in seoul airport um they had a free like sleeping area you could use with like big chaise lounge style sofas and blankets and pillows and stuff which was nice so i managed to get like three hours sleep which probably made a big difference um had a killer headache unfortunately because i'd chosen to not have any coffee at all like i had zero coffee the whole time i've been awake so far because i thought well i'll sleep better but i think all that happened there was i got like a dehydrated and b I probably am a bit dependent on caffeine to some extent, so it gave me a huge headache. Mm-hmm. So that didn't end up very well. Um, <laughs> but the, the sleep in Seoul Airport made a big difference. And then the flight from Seoul to Fukuoka was really good. Uh, Korean Air, again, was really good. Um, the safety video was very, very memorable because it was performed by like a really famous K-pop band uh, who like sung a bespoke song specifically for <laughs> the, the safety oh video. And like it's just small little thing like that, and it was so unimportant, but it like actually really entertained me for like the three minutes it was on. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I like that. So that, that cheered me up a little bit. But Korean Air was wonderful. Again, I can't praise them enough. Like I was really worried that it was going to be crap, but it wasn't. Um, they fed us like a proper meal, even though it was a, uh, an hour's flight. There was full-on drink service. It was great. Uh, I really can't complain about it. So I touched down in Fukuoka Airport, and that was great. And the only downside is, unfortunately, I got to the immigration desk, and I didn't know the address of where I was staying. So there's me, like, desperately scrambling to get on my phone to try and get the free Wi-Fi to contact the friends who we were meeting, saying, "Uh, what's the address? Like, I don't know where they are. They won't let me through the country. Uh, Which was a little bit, like, uh, worrying, considering the fact that I'd been awake for so long and i was so tired and everything but eventually they managed to get the address it wasn't a problem but i mm. think they were like looking at me a bit confusedly like why are you here then if you don't know where you're staying <laughs> um but thankfully it wasn't a problem and i got through and then when i got through i met my friend uh and then i stopped that stopwatch that i mentioned and that stopwatch ended on 28 hours and 38 minutes Oof. so it was a long trip very very long trip oh that is long 28 hours of travel is mm. pretty horrendous so that's what i say like even though i was in the country for eight days and i slept in the country for seven days i was probably closer like overall on trip for like nine days at least yeah so yeah that was hard but it was worth it all right uh so you got there eventually after 28 hours yeah (laughs) and uh what was what was on the agenda like what did you what did you do what has uh, fukuoka got to offer fukuoka is like a pretty laid-back town in terms Mm. of like japanese big cities like it doesn't have the same sort of like level of cluster or claustrophobia or something like tokyo or osaka does there's definitely seems to be less of a problem for land. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still 
Japan, so it's still tight because it's all on the coast. But everything felt a little bit more spread out. Things felt mm. a little bit more open. There were a lot less people crammed into one space. So it was a lot more of a relaxed, chill-out atmosphere, which was really good. Mm. Um it's just a really nice, chilled-out place to be. Like, it doesn't have, like, one specific thing you go and visit for. It's not like Tokyo where there's everything you can imagine, or it's not like Kyoto where you go specifically for temples. It just feels like kind of a nice city. Mm. There's lots of great places to eat, as you can imagine. It's quite a kind of a modern, trendy city that's, like, pretty popular amongst young Japanese people as a place to kind of live and work. Yeah, it's it's definitely somewhere you'd want to just relax in rather than go specifically to go and see certain things as a tourist i would say mm, mm. but i spent the, the trip was broken up into kind of three separate uh sections for us and i say us because i spent most of my time with uh, with our friend tom uh there who was the translator for the whole trip as well so thank you tom for being translator <laughs> man uh, which is very useful because most of the people we stayed with didn't speak any english uh, or very limited english anyway um, but we, the first four nights, we were staying with um, sort of like a homestay family that we knew. They were very, very kind. They lived about probably about a 20 minute train journey out of the city, and then another 15, 20 minute walk from the train station. Um, so, not so far that it was like annoying to go back into the city, but far enough that you were properly not in the city anymore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And getting to have that sort of like more authentic Japanese family lifestyle experience was really nice because I'd never had a chance to do that before. Like I'd always just stayed in hotels or hostels or Airbnbs and something like that on my, like on your own. So having that sort of that homestay environment was really nice. And if you get the opportunity to do it, maybe there's like a program you can take the people want to kind of have homestay people or, you know, just if you know friends or family or something that I highly recommend trying that out because. So is a homestay thing like where you just, staying with a family yeah. essentially yeah exactly mm. so what how it originally happened was the particular family we were staying with had originally wanted to do um sort of like homestays with english speakers because they wanted to practice their english right um and at the same time they also kind of enjoyed hosting as well and sort of they're very proud of the country they're also very proud of the area that they live in so they wanted to sort of show it off as it were and be mm. sort of like let people experience it so that's kind of how it came about and in the end, it just ended up really awesome for us because it was free to stay. You know, we we took some like nice little like English themed gifts for them because you know, it's just <laughs> kind to do so, I guess. Um, well, there's quite we've talked about that before, right? There's quite like gifting in mm. in Japan is like that's quite a thing, isn't it? Yeah, omiyage, um, the idea of mm. like bringing something from where you're going from to whoever yeah. you're visiting. So we, had, we, we did just that. Uh, we took them like some cheeses and some teas and some chocolate, that kind of thing. Stuff that I could get through um, security as well, because I didn't have any checked bags. I only had hand right. luggage. Yeah, so I had yeah. to make sure that it could go on the plane. So that was a bit more limiting. But mm. like that at the cost of being able to stay in the country for free yeah, and also quite. being fed both in the mornings and the evenings for like wow. delicious Japanese home-cooked food. You know, oh my like, God, that's so cool. It, it was... I try not to look at it from a economical point of view but i can't not because that's just who i am (laughs) Um, but like from in terms of economical it was such good value like incredibly good value because they fed us some absolutely incredible food like i can't explain how delicious the food was that they they made for us every single day both Mm. in the mornings and in the evenings you know and it saved us so much money i think in the end like I probably spent no more than like 650 quid on the whole trip, but that includes flights and oh, wow. travel within the cities <laughs> and even the occasional eating outs that we did do, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So having that experience was wonderful. Having that just like quiet Japanese suburban home life was really awesome because I never had a chance to do that before. Having the opportunity to practice what little Japanese I have with a little little English they had was really nice as well without having to rely on Tom all the time, Hmm. you know. Yeah, it was just a really lovely time. It was very relaxed as well. Like, one of the nice things about doing it this way was that there was no plan necessarily. Like, oftentimes you go on holiday, right? Or on Tuesday, we're going to go to this place. And on Wednesday, we're going to this place. And on Thursday, we've got to go here because we're meeting this person, that kind of thing. There wasn't really any of that this time around, um, especially in the first half of the trip. It was very much a, let's just wander into town and see what we want to do and do. And this Mm. thing would be cool. Let's go and do this maybe, you know. What was uh, what was some of the food highlights? Was it did you did you have anything particularly uh, memorable or? Well, in terms of the stuff that we were cooked for, us, I think basically everything because <laughs> it was all so delicious. We had uh, like a form of like shredded teriyaki chicken on the first night, which was really delicious. Like it wasn't anything like I was expecting it to taste like, but it was really nice. But that was some tempura as well. Uh, on the second night, we had a sukiyaki. Have you had sukiyaki before? Mm, what is it sort of like a hot pot um, oh so yeah. like okay. there's a big kind of heated pot plate in the middle of the table and yeah, you have yeah, like yeah. a broth and you'll stick all the things in it and you'll kind of cook it for yourself as you go pick out what you want yeah so we had that um they made us like full-on home cooked yakitori as well like kind of proper oh, wow. burner as well that they put on the middle of the table and just like kind of made the meat skewers there and then with some unbelievably delicious meats as well we had some like delicious pork and some delicious like chicken livers. Oh, it was incredible. Like the food was so good. Um, mm. And it was nice and smoky as well. So it had that sort of very um, izakaya style vibe to it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was really, really cool. I bet it just smoked out the entire like <laughs> the entire place. But, I mean, I don't know how they don't manage to set their fire alarms off unless they just don't have fire alarms <laughs> in the same way we do. I don't know. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, like, yeah, it was it was smoky (laughs) but it was delicious and smelt really nice and just really added to the atmosphere as well um and then we also had a shabu shabu which is another form of sort of like hot pock style cooking as well um yeah it's a little different it's more about like you put the food in for a much shorter period of time in like boiling water rather than like hot broth Mm. uh, and you cook it that way but we had some like incredible meats for that as well so yeah we ate some absolutely incredible food while we were there sounds good i'm getting hungry just just hearing about it <laughs> i mean i've got plenty of recommendations for things to eat as well both like home style but also in the cities i managed to have lots of the different sort of like fukuoka sort of like soul food homegrown cuisine mm. types if you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah um like for example if you remember when we went to that noodle restaurant in london um mm. one of the things that they were selling was hakata ramen and hakata is like one of the main areas within fukuoka Oh, okay. um, and that's like kind of a famous style of of, of noodle dish uh, within Japan. And most of the times, if you go to like a noodle place, you'll be able to buy like Hakata style ramen, um, which is very uh, it's like a pork base, uh, pork bone broth, quite creamy tasting, very mm. fatty, yeah, um, yeah, kind yeah. of a rich taste. It's not like a clean taste like some of the ramen. It's mm. kind of kind of a thick, heavy mm. noodle. So that's like originated from that kind of area yeah i mean obviously everyone's going to claim differently i suppose because like oh it came from this area or whatever but yeah like yeah. it's known to be from hakata which is like one of the central areas of fukuoka city right. um and we got to have that which was delicious uh we went to a really lovely restaurant just and that was one of the great things about having um sort of tom with us who was quite well versed in the city at this point like he knew all the kind of good places to hit up because not only do we go to some kind of fancy looking restaurants that were in like nice established buildings but we also went uh, down like you know just 
back alley street sort of thing, you know, into just like a really unassuming looking place that ended up being incredibly delicious and really reasonably priced. That was one of the bonuses to that. Like we went into uh, one place that serves like steak bowls, which are a bit like a beef bowl, but with like Wagyu steak as opposed to strips of beef. Mm. Um, We had to queue up for like half an hour to go in for lunch, but it was like 800 yen, which I think is like about a fiver for like a full, full meal, like not a small amount of food, like a big piece of you know a large amount of food wow and like a super high quality meat as well like it was so good um hence why you had to queue up to get in but it was, was a some... really unassuming looking building like you would never even think to go in there otherwise unless you knew mm. were the places the, the like cities and you know places that you went to were they were they expensive were they cheap like if you compared to, to like tokyo or kyoto mm. were they much cheaper or were they kind of about the same i mean i know, like... I know obviously it varies depending on where you yeah absolutely (laughs) i I would say that it's a little cheaper not a lot cheaper uh but it's a little cheaper than tokyo in most instances Hmm. Uh, probably about similar to kyoto maybe but okay the other thing as well is that i think as british we are a little bit like hard to judge because we're used to such high prices anyway so Hmm. i think by the world standards it's quite expensive yeah by our standards it's kind of normal yeah but like i i didn't spend a lot of money on food the the most expensive meal we 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 paid for was we went to a a sushi restaurant on the last day um and that Mm. was pretty pricey that was like 40 quid each okay it was like full-on like high class sushi sort of thing like it was a really nice experience that sounds very reasonable but then i I travel to london every day so (laughs) i mean london yeah you pay like (laughs) 10 times the amount you should do for uh, something like sushi um but yeah like 40 quid was probably the most expensive meal we had and it was very very high quality sushi we ate a lot of food as well um so like as as an as a place to go you don't need a great deal of money and to eat incredibly as long as you don't expect to go into like five star fancy business style restaurants um Mm. just hop on TripAdvisor, hop on google maps you know do a little bit of research ahead of time even just ask some locals like where should i eat for this type of food that i'm fancying and Mm. you will definitely find a smaller quieter restaurant down like a back street or something that will serve you incredibly delicious food for a really reasonable price Mm. tell me uh tell me about the orange picking you sent me a photo of you (laughs) like crouched in front of massive bags of oranges yes (laughs) that was a bit out of nowhere um i kind of (laughs) half knew it was on the horizon but i was a bit like skeptical about it and it ended up being a wonderful experience like so the family that we were staying with they weirdly own several trees in a orange orchard i guess on the side of a mountain about an hour's journey from where we were where they live as you do as you do you know just just as you do like just the casual casual little crop of orange trees i I, I mean it was it was it was very odd because it wasn't (laughs) like it was their just their trees it was like lots of trees like it was you know hundreds of trees but they and only like and these are our four yes <laughs> yeah. exactly what that's what it was they, these are ours they were no, labeled number 12 and they were their trees um <laughs> but yeah and apparently they grow back like super quick like they grow back in like a month and a half oh wow um, so you go back every six weeks and you you saw in that picture how many oranges we picked yeah it was like three sacks like. Like three four sacks hundreds of oranges and apparently they take about six weeks to regrow. So you basically never run out of oranges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they were delicious as well. Like they, they I'm sure, yeah. Absolutely fresh fantastic. The tree. Yeah, it couldn't <laughs> have been any fresher. So that was a hell of an experience. The, the orange picking itself was super fun and kind of kind of weird and kooky, but that was really nice. Uh, and it was a good experience with the people we were with. But the other half of the experience was the drive like we drove Mm. sort of up into the mountains and it was like kind of half cloudy and half misty but it still had that sort of like wonderful 
just Japanese countryside vibe to it as well. It looks really incredible. Something that you definitely don't see in the cities ever. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, you know. And then we also we drove there along the highway, which was fine. A lot slower than expected. Like I think, like most of the times that we were doing like fifty miles an hour, like it, it felt quite slow mm. highways. But then along the way back, we drove along the coastal road, like literally just hugging the actual coastline itself. And some of the views you get from there are incredible. Um, mm. If you get a chance to get outside of the cities when you do visit Japan, because that's obviously the primary reason people visit is, is the big cities. I can't recommend it enough. Get yourself a car, rent a car if you can, uh, or go with mm. people who have a car or whatever, and just try and experience things like the coast and things like the mountains, because they are a different world like it's almost like you're mm. stepping into a different country well it's the thing about japan you know we talked about this before like the geography of japan is so is so interesting in that you know so little of it is actually like flattened and mm. suitable for cities and so much of it is mountainous and that kind of like environment you do forget that when you're in the big cities like tokyo and fukuoka mm. for example because they're just such lovely modern cities, you know, um, and you don't think about it. But then even if you just go out half an hour outside those cities, you're at an enormous mountain range. Mm. You know, it'd be like you going from London, like half an hour, any direction and being at a mountain. Like it's, yeah, it's, like you're in it's Scotland not, suddenly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, and that's an area of Japan that I'd not really had the opportunity to explore before. And I'm really glad I got to this time uh, with the help of the people we were staying with because they, they could drive and they knew where they were going and to what to recommend and that kind of thing. Nice. So, okay. So Fukuoka was one place you went to. Yep. Where else did you go? So we spent uh, a single night. We took a, the Shinkansen, the bullet train uh, to Hiroshima for a day and a half, two days. Uh, and that was, that was a great experience. Uh, the biggest reason that we were visiting was primarily to go and visit the Peace Museum, uh, which was mm. the museum built in the pretty much the centre of the the city to commemorate the the drop the atomic bomb, uh, the dropping of the bomb on on the city. So we got to go and see the A bomb dome, which is the the kind of the big famous building that survived the blast. I'm sure you've mm. seen the pictures of it before, uh, and go to the actual museum itself, which is a really sobering experience. Like it's it's mm. not a nice place to go, but it is mm. a really important and interesting place to go at the same time. Mm. It certainly took us maybe about an hour afterwards to sort of perk our spirits back up and be kind of happy and, and jolly yeah, again yeah. afterwards uh, because it, it's a pretty heavy experience, but. It's definitely it, it's on the same sort of level for me as going to something like the Berlin Wall is like in terms of yeah. a historical place to visit. Like yeah. it's such a era defining part of human history um, to go to go there. So if you ever get the opportunity to go, I would highly recommend. Well, it. we're gonna we're gonna be there in March. Yeah, so, I know uh, you're visiting, aren't you? Which I can't recommend enough. Like it's a mm. wonderful thing. And weirdly enough, the day that we went, well, rather the weekend that we went was also the weekend that the Pope was visiting. Oh, <laughs> all right. Randomly. Um, the Pope was visiting Hiroshima City on Sunday and we were there on the Saturday and Sunday. And we were like, should we go to the Miyajima Island on Saturday and do the Peace Museum on Sunday or the other way around? I'm like, well, if the Pope's there on Sunday, I'm pretty sure it's going to be impossible to move around. So yeah. let's do it now and not go and see the Pope. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of a weird coincidence. But we did that, um, and Hiroshima was was wonderful. Uh, we got to see some some like good sights, obviously, but we also got to eat some delicious food. Got to eat some uh, Hiroshima style um, okonomiyaki, uh, which is sort of like a fried egg noodley dish type thing. Oh yeah, um, very very delicious. Can't can't recommend that enough. Uh, and then on the uh, we stayed with our uh, mutual friend, uh, who I know you're going to visit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also went to a city called Kure, 
um, which is about a 40 minutes drive outside the city. But the okay. the thing it's most famous for is it was one of the primary shipbuilding yards for Japan Ooh, during the 20th okay. century, both during the wars and otherwise. And its most famous claim to fame is that it was the birthplace and construction place of the battleship Yamato and their Ooh. sister ship, which, if you're not aware, is the biggest battleship ever built by human wow. history. It was absolutely enormous. So there was a full museum there dedicated to it. You can go to the Maritime Museum there and it tells you all about the history of the city and the shipbuilding yards and the, the ships itself and uh, all the other things that they did in the city as part of like, the war effort and all that kind of stuff. So, And it was surprisingly unbiased like i was worried it was going to be a bit of a like a japan is amazing sort of thing like you know we did nothing wrong but it wasn't that actually um it stuck very much to the the history of the actual ships themselves and the yard and the people who work there and that kind of stuff and it kind of tried to stay away from the more political side of the war aspect of things Hmm. which was good um only limitation was that the it wasn't the best english there unfortunately like mm. i'd say about like 70 percent of the displays didn't have any form of english to them at all mm. and when there was english it was a bit broken like it was mm. perfectly readable but like it wasn't it clearly wasn't written by someone who spoke fluent english or fluent mm. japanese to translate i guess thing. i guess you're starting to get a little bit off the tourist exactly the international yeah. tourist trap, <laughs> yeah. trap the, at that point there were some tourists there but like when you compare it to like going somewhere like Kyoto, yeah. that you definitely notice when there is another Westerner there, for example, because yeah, most yeah. of like ninety five percent of the people there are, are the native Japanese or maybe like come from like Korea or China or something more close mm. to home. Mm. So yeah, you are a little bit more off the beaten path in terms of the tourist industry at that point. But yeah. it's definitely worth a visit if you're ever in that area and you can get there. It's a little bit awkward to get to. I think it's probably like a forty minute train journey from Hiroshima. So it's a little bit awkward, but I mean, it's definitely worth it if you're if you're interested in sort of military history mm. or shipbuilding history, that kind of thing. Mm. Cool, nice. Okay, so that was Hiroshima and uh, Kure? Kure. Kure. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, K U R E yeah. is the okay. like, the Romaji version of the spelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then were you then back to Fukuoka? Yeah, so we, so we took the Shinkansen back to Fukuoka, and every time I ride the Shinkansen, it's so fun. Like I love oh, it. I love it. Um, like I think it was about a two-hour journey. I don't know what the distance is between the two cities. I think it's quite a quite a distance actually. Hmm. Um, but it's, it took about two hours. We took like the limited express train, so it stopped a couple of times. But it's the only form of transport I've ever been able to go on where I've not felt sick whilst like hmm. playing a game or watching a video or something because hmm. of how unbelievably smooth it is, um, and the fact that like you don't really see the outside world either helps not confuse your brain Hmm. so like that was fantastic as well so i always enjoy the shinkansen um and then yeah we got back into fukuoka uh we stayed in the city this time around like we weren't staying with the homestay family again um we stayed in the city itself this time around and that was sort of the opportunity to spend like a couple of days before i went home to kind of have the city life experience so we'd done the the more rural side of things we'd done the mm. trip to hiroshima and now it was time to sort of like just be lads in the city which was yeah a lot of fun and we did all the usual sort of stuff like we went for went for drinks we ate some delicious food had some more of the more like uh well-known fukuoka style food which is a thing called motsunabe which again oh, yeah. is, a, is a form of like hot pot that's what nabe is i'm sure you've had that one mm. um but it had like again it had sort of like a i think it was a pork bone broth again don't quote me on that i might be wrong but that's what it kind of tasted like but specifically, it uses like tripe or offal, 
sort Ooh, of like okay, the, yeah. the off parts of meats that most people wouldn't use. But because it was kind of fatty, it worked really well with that heavy broth as well. It was just really a really succulent taste. It was mm. absolutely fantastic. Um, and we had that, and we had that along with um, some like a whole assortment of other, some of the small little dishes. Um, we got to try some of the other Fukuoka specialty called mentai, which is a form of like cod roe, cod egg, um, mm, okay. very salty fish eggs, which were mm. unbelievably delicious. Um, very salty, but if you have them with like a little bit of like a little salad or something, that's what I had them mm. with. It took the edge off a little bit, and it was just really, really tasty. Um, but so you can tell that food was a big part of this trip. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and having, like I say, having the opportunity to know where to go with the guys as well was, was super awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then otherwise we just sort of spent some time in the city, like doing all the usual sort of stuff. Got to go to the Ava store in Hakata station, or not Hakata station, in Canal City in Hakata, hmm. uh, which was definitely the best Ava store I've ever been to. Like it's better than lo- that. Uh, the like super upmarket. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fancy one in <laughs> wherever it is. I don't know if you can see, it's kind of hard to tell in the pictures uh from the ones i sent you but it's so much bigger like it's enormous by comparison mm, mm. um and it's just nice and wide lots of like lots of merchandise uh it had some like there was a gaming chair in there that was like 400 pounds and i was trying to work out how i could get that home um, <laughs> because i was like i need this gaming chair in my life um i don't know if they could deliver it to the uk i'm not sure i think that would be another 400 pounds <laughs> i think it probably would be um but it was beautiful because it was colored in the style of unit one uh so i need mm. that chair in my life but it was a really lovely store um and it certainly wasn't the reason for going to fukuoka obviously but it was a very enjoyable part of it because i've you know my, my love for this the series and it was just really nice being in this really big environment they even have an avera themed escape room um oh, wow. and do. that's cool i chose not to because i wouldn't have been able to really understand any of it because it was all yes. japanese japanese but puzzles <laughs> exactly japanese puzzles uh is already complicated the best of times and then you know not being able to speak the language is probably like gonna just, yeah deal breaker unfortunately yeah but it's still pretty cool <laughs> that you get to they do have that in the very local as well and if you win you get like a code you can go and open like a safe in the store and get like some free goodies and stuff like oh, that. that's cool so we did that. Uh, we got to go to the Pokemon Center, which had all of the the current like Sword and Shields related stuff there. Nice. Um, no queue required, like the uh, London no, pop up. <laughs> literally, just walked in, had a browse around, bought what I want, left. Like this is how it should be. Not bloody seven hours worth of queuing for stuff you don't want because it's all sold out. Um, and, and yeah, just otherwise, just getting to go around the city, going to see some some lovely sights. I got to go to the top of uh, some really lovely sky gardens again, like I did in the last time in Osaka. Did that both during the day and at night, and it was just beautiful. Had some wonderful coffees. Um, had mm. went tried to go out my way to find some nice coffee places, uh, which was which was really enjoyable. But unfortunately, no one else seemed to really appreciate them, as as is often the, the case. <laughs> <laughs> do um, they? Um, do they? I I can't remember from when we went. Do they? They. I'm trying to remember what the coffee scene is like in 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 Japan. Like they they do have some specialty coffee. I'm trying to remember if they also roast it as well. I feel like I remember seeing some some stuff that was not local that was well, roasted I, as well. I went to the one shop in particular that stood out to me was actually the one we went to in uh, Hiroshima, um, which was called Obscura Coffee. Mm. So shout outs to Obscura Coffee mm. and. They, I could see their roasting equipment from where I was okay, sat so they in, were roasting the, in the store. Time, yeah, yeah. They, they had like the full on setup, like all the stuff that yeah. you've seen, sort of the really nice big fancy places here in the UK and in Europe. Mm. Um, nice. They they were doing it there and then. They were they, they had all sorts of kind of nice uh, nice coffees to choose from. Very Western style, like very much what you'd expect to find over here. Uh, very minimalist. Mm. 
Um, pretty expensive, but I mean, that's what you get for a fancy coffee shop. So yeah, yeah, but it was worth it. It was really nice and it was flourishing. Like every time I went into a different fancy coffee shop, I think I went into four uh, while I was there. And every single time it was like pretty busy and trying to find a place to sit down was kind of difficult. Um, but I mean, that just shows that they're doing well. Mm, nice. And that came, that was kind of it, really. Um, mm. The city is a wonderful place to go. Uh, I had a wonderful time on a very Spartan budget. Uh, that mm. was almost half of the fun was trying to see how much I could do on such a small budget. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably the biggest limitation, other than the difficult travel, was just having such a small bag. Uh, very lucky that obviously I was with the homestay family and they were able to wash my clothes for me. Mm. Um, so mm. I didn't have to worry too much about like running out of clean clothes. And also not being able to bring that much stuff home either because I did so little space in my bag to yeah, shove yeah. things in. Um, did manage to find some space for some artwork books, of course. Nice. Uh, could not. Found some absolutely wonderful deals in uh, a secondhand store called Mandarake. I think you've been in that one in Akihabara. Yes. I got some absolute bargains there. Excellent. Uh, and then I yeah, flew back. The flight home was a lot easier. Um, I was flying with KLM this time as opposed to Air France on the big one. Mm. Uh, and it was, again, it was an older plane, even more so than the Air France plane. Like, there wasn't any USB power sockets in the chairs. And right. that was like, <laughs> oh, dear, I now have to ration out my phone battery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, which meant that I wasn't able to do as much on my phone as I wanted to. But never mind. Uh, but the actual plane itself was far more comfortable. It was wider. Uh, the food was slightly better. The journey just felt better in general. And I took an ILC this time as well, which I think probably made a difference too. <laughs> mm, right choice. Right choice nice well it's, it's it sounds like you had a had a good time and also you know quite a different quite a non-standard trip which is really fun you yeah know, things like everything from picking oranges to uh <laughs> to like getting off the beaten track wonderful a bit, food. you know yeah. i mean don't get me wrong i still love going to japan for all of the usual tourist things that you can do but it was nice to have both of those things this time around. Like I got mm. that little bit in the city towards the end of it, but I got to do so many other interesting, cool, unique things as well. So nice. it was very much a best of both worlds trip on a really good budget. Mm. Excellent. Um, nice. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this um, little uh, travel log, a little like uh, retrospective look mm. at Seth's most recent trip. Um, there'll be another one fairly soon when Tony and I yes. get in, in March. I'm looking forward to it. I, I love talking about it. Mm, yeah and uh, if you've got any things that you think seth missed that he should know for maybe next if you ever go back to the same areas or uh any recommendations for when tony and i go mm. we are going to hiroshima as well so um we're gonna we're gonna follow a little bit in your footsteps uh then yeah you can let us know send us an email uh show at octal.fm or you can send us a tweet at octal.fm on twitter um or facebook facebook.com forward slash octal.fm um, we have some stickers as well. We have some nice oh, Oxal yes, FM logo stickers. So uh, if you if you want some of them, then uh, let us know. Send us, get in touch with us. Send us your uh, address, and we'll send you some send you some sweet some sweet sweet stickers. Some sweet Mainly swag. because I don't want to I don't want to hang on to them forever. I there's only so many things I can stick them to. <laughs> um, so so yeah, uh, if you want if you fancy some of them, then just drop us a line, and we'll we'll get some in the post mm-hmm. to you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this has been really fun. Always nice to catch up and uh, hear about hear about your trips. And yeah, in the meantime, I've been Gelada. And I've been Saffron. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. Bye.